You're listening to Shows That Shaped Me, a podcast by What's On Stage. This week's guest is the founder and artistic director of Eclipse Theatre Company, the UK's foremost black-led national theatre production company. Recent touring productions include One Monkey Don't Stop No Show, Sisway Banzi is Dead and A Raisin in the Sun. Last year, Eclipse announced the first UK tour to come out of Revolution Mix, their groundbreaking movement placing the black narrative at the heart of British theatre. Testament's Black Men Walking has received critical acclaim around the country and now runs at the Royal Court in London until the 7th of April. Here is Dawn Walton. The most memorable production of my career to date has to be a production that I did here in the Royal Court Theatre and it was 93.2 FM by Levi David Adai. I choose that production because uh, there are several things about it that were really important. It came out of a... uh, out of a a really clear desire to find the next generation of new black British writers. And um, having worked with those writers, so Ola Anamashran came up with Critical Mass and we delivered, I helped him deliver Critical Mass and in amongst them was this play. Um, And it was a moment where I was really aware that plays like Levi's play, First Time Writer, were quite often done as readings and then we just kind of forget about them. Maybe they make it to production, maybe they don't. So I was really desperate for this play to be just done without being redrafted 20 times and all that stuff. Um, just done. It was just raw and brilliant, I thought. And actually, to give him his credit, Ian Rickson went for it. And he gave us um, 10 days rehearsal. Um, we had the main house for two days, uh, in which we could do four showings of it, the first one being an open dress. Um, And it was, as he always describes them, a play without decor. So the first battle was to get decor. Um, And so I talked to the production manager here in the court, Paul Handley, the brilliant Paul Handley. And I said to him, so how's this going to work then? Are we just going to fling some furniture up on stage? Is Is that how I'm doing it? And I could see his brain going over my dead body. Um, uh, but there was literally no budget for it. So he went away, came back, and he said, if I could, not a designer, or not a designer, but if I could find a, like a design consultant, let's say, who would it be? And I said, with it in a flash, I said, it'd be Sucha Gilmore. So that was the beginning of something quite extraordinary. So she had a very small budget. She was only in a consultant. We had a production meeting. There was a very clear structure that needed to be made. It was a room. It's set in a a community radio station. And there was a room and featured as a character was a window. So that slammed while they were trying to do broadcast. Um, While they're trying to broadcast. So we're like, how's that going to work? Then how are we going to do window? Um, and Sutra did the most brilliant thing I've ever seen a designer do. She just got a pencil out, she took a piece of paper, and she drew the outline of a room uh, with no walls, just drew the outline, the shape of it, with a window fixed in it, and said, oh, and they started talking millimetres of wires and stuff, at which point I made cartoons. But they were talking about millimetres and just built the structure of the room with wire. Um, And so we made that design. And that was the main piece. Everything else was kind of found all around the space and, and the furniture fitted into that and the mess and the chaos of a community radio station was built out of that. And then the second thing about that was uh, audiences. Um, 93.2 FM, as I say, is set in a community radio station. Um, there was a brilliant woman working here at the time called Nina Linden. 
And Nina went out on Friday and Saturday night. She was in the Young Brights programme. She's now the director of Hackney Showroom. But she went out on Saturday nights and flyered um, clubs and all kinds of really brilliant areas in Brixton and Shoreditch and all sort of all over the place. These really cool clubs and stuff. And then there was kind of the, the show opened and there was a sort of a rumbling sound. And then people arrived, people who had never been to this theatre before, just turned up in droves. And it was a packed house of people that nobody in that building knew. Uh, and the response to the play was massive. People cheered and stamped their feet. It was awesome. And that's when I knew that I wanted that every single time I made a production. The most memorable production that I saw was right at the beginning of my kind of first steps into theatre. Um, and I'm going to say Shakespeare, which is surprising to me. But I saw, I think 1994, 95, I was at uni, definitely. I was at university, uh, Goldsmith, studying drama and theatre arts. And we all went to see Hamlet at Hackney Empire with Rafe Fiennes. And it it was an incredible experience. I'd never seen Hamlet. It was my first Hamlet. Um, uh, but um, it was a really extraordinary experience. I was in The Gods. Actually, I never saw the ghost when the ghost appeared because I was in a bit where, you know, I was in cheap sheet seats. So I never actually saw the ghost. But what I saw was a packed hackney empire screaming their guts out when the ghost appeared which was awesome it was full of people passing super malt back and forth crisps popcorn and we're all watching hamlet and there's kind of like real kind of apartheid in a sense there was kind of like there were sort of blue rinse were down in their stalls and then everybody else was all the way up in this great space it was also the first time I'd ever been to Hackney Empire. I'd never been to the theatre before. I just thought it was the most exhilarating experience. People were cheering. We were all... By the time Hamlet died, people were weeping. We were weeping. We were all in it. And then when we left the theatre, Ray Fiennes did a thing where he um, did that sort of... Um, that Bill and Ted thing of saying something and then, and then pausing a couple of beats and saying not which made me go back and read the text afterwards to see what how what that line was that he did it with. And um, when we left and we were all walking out afterwards, people were shouting at each other across the street going, did you just see that? And I was like, yeah, I did. And I go, it was great, wasn't it? And I go, yeah. So that, I think, is probably... Um, the best thing I saw. And it was at a brilliant time because I was just deciding to kind of get involved in theatre as a sort of young adult. I really had never, ever engaged in theatre properly before. And it was a pretty affirming moment. I think the production that I wish I'd seen was uh, Boy by Leo Butler. So I know Leo Butler. I've known him pretty much to start his career. When I, when I first started uh, back at Day at the Court... Um, and I was coming in here and I was doing a bit of reading at the Young Writers Programme. And we used to have a big festival um, every couple of years, a Young Writers Festival. Every couple of years, there'd be a band of us that would come in to read plays. And I remember one day somebody saying, I found a play. And then Ian, actually Ian Rickson again saying, I found a play. And they were both by Leo Butler. 
that he'd put two plays in. So two people were very excited about that writer. And he's a writer I have great admiration for. Um, he's also a Sheffield lad. Uh, and being based in Sheffield, I hold him in my heart a great deal while I'm up there. But he's um, a beautiful... He has an amazing ability to access the poetry and lyricism of a working class voice. And I love him for it. Everything he's ever written has that about him that I've seen that has that about him. And everybody was just saying, Dawn, do you see boy? And I just couldn't get there. I don't live in London anymore. I'm flying down and, you know, visiting and then it's family, all that kind of stuff. I just didn't get there so who would I want to have, the person I want to have worked with yeah I'm going to put forward the black and Asian theatre companies of the 70s and the 80s who were touring across the UK in um, quite hostile times oh nothing's changed um, making work um, building community everywhere they went stopping off in cities. Um, they're the people I look to, really, for... They're the shoulders I stand on with my own company um, and who I look to, really, for inspiration. They were the ones who kind of opened up the ground to begin with of the possibility of uh, black stories uh, in this country. And they're the people that understood that actually the most important people in that exchange in theatre is actually the audiences so they went out and met people and made community wherever they were and and found their own way found their own roots um, across this quite closed institution so it's not one person it's lots of people all the people that are involved in that network that's who I want to put forward thank you for listening to shows that shaped me a podcast by what's on stage if you've enjoyed it Please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss a single episode.